अखंडम सच्चिदानंदम अवांग मनसगोचरम आत्मानम अखिलाधारम आश्रये भीष्ट सिद्धये I take refuge in the self the indivisible the existence consciousness bliss absolute beyond the reach of words and thought and the substratum of all for the attainment of my cherished desire all right so we are in text number 216 what we had done till last time was the practices are sadhana the practices for the attainment of brahmagyan or the knowledge of brahman that that knowledge which will enlighten us set us free from suffering and give us uh, fulfillment deep and lasting fulfillment so uh, the practices we were told were three uh, in number one is uh, shravana the second one is mananam and third one is nididhyasanam shravanam literally means hearing but it actually means uh, in uh, in detail if you look at it closely what it means is systematically studying vedanta listening to these teachings being taught uh, by a competent teacher studying it for oneself through the wide range of texts available and um, uh, acquiring this knowledge when we do this we obviously have many questions many doubts because it's a very radical teaching that i am it, it goes to the very heart of what we think we are in our entire world view that there is one absolute immortal reality brahman that itself is an amazing claim then even more so that the world which we consider to be so real so vivid which is everything for us this thing this is an appearance and even more than that how radical it is that i myself am that absolute reality brahma satyam jagat mithya jiva brahmeva napara in all its dimensions the teaching of advaita vedanta is very radical uh, quite shocking quite upsetting to our usual world view so we have many many questions many doubts regarding this and this is the path of knowledge not of belief so it won't do to just uh, you know acknowledge that i believe in it or agree to it not that won't do at all we have to understand it very clearly uh, so that is the second stage where we we can raise all sorts of doubts whatever we don't understand we don't get what what seems uh, uh, unlikely to us or even plain wrong to us and we raise those questions and those are clarified to our satisfaction we get clarity we get conviction at this stage so that is called the stage of mananam or reflection cogitation or reasoning um so in the first stage we have got the knowledge uh, that means at least we know the text what the texts tell us in the second stage uh we get it we are convinced now in the third stage what happens is obstacles to the fulfillment is uh, are removed nididhyasanam literally means vedantic meditation what one must be very clear what is the purpose of that vedantic meditation the purpose of vedantic meditation is not actually enlightenment you already made the breakthrough you already have the clarity about it now in order to live the truth there will be many obstacles uh, all raised by our own body mind these are called viparjaya contrary tendencies 
which we have accumulated over not only one lifetime, but quite possibly many lifetimes, uh, many lifetimes of uh, ignorance of our real nature and acting from that ignorance. So we're acting from that ignorance of real nature. We do not know we are Brahman. We take it without a questioning that we are this body-mind which is presented to us. And then we act from that uh, presupposition. So this is driven deep into our minds, into our very, the, the character of the personality. So this has to be, this conditioning has to be overcome. To overcome this conditioning, one needs to immerse oneself in the truth, the understand, and understanding which we have already got, the clarity which we have already got in the first two steps, Shravanam and Maranam, you stay with that clarity. How do you stay with that clarity? Vedantic meditation. And Vedantic meditation, as I mentioned last time, you can do it with eyes closed, you can do it with eyes open. And in this book, the entirety of the Patanjali Yoga Sutra technology, you know, the meditation technology has been imported here to help us with the eyes closed meditation, where you cut out for a time being, you cut out all interactions with the world outside. And you dive deep into the mind itself, holding on to that knowledge, stabilizing yourself in that knowledge with the help of yogic meditation which is a sitting meditation, which is an eyes closed meditation, which is not a meditation where you're engaged with the world. However, it would do us good to remember that Vedantic meditation is entirely possible with eyes open while engaged with the world. As we engage with the world, our usual tendencies of behavior, speech and thought, they come up. Yeah? Uh, whether it's in temptation or terror, whether it is in... Uh, anxiety or in pleasure seeking, all of these usual reactions to the world, they come up. And these are very good opportunities. You know, wherever you have resistance to manifesting that knowledge, these are good opportunities for actually overcoming this resistance, and turning, changing our reaction to this. And that is, that is Vedantic Nididhyasana, trying to live that knowledge moment to moment. And for that purpose, uh, interaction with the world is uh, very important. Where else will you find resistance except when, it, you know, somebody said that everybody is a Mahatma in a cave. Sitting in a cave, everybody is a great sage. That's also not true. If you sit long enough in a cage, you'll find there are, in a cave, you'll find there are demons within. So it's not just that there are problems outside, there are problems inside also. But anyway, <coughs> it is easier to um, check ourselves and reform ourselves, change ourselves in interaction, <coughs> in interaction with society. So Nididhyasan with, my, uh, with eyes open. And you find in Vedantic uh, texts in many places it is shown how you can do that. In Bhagavad Gita we studied Brahma, Arpanam, Brahmavi, uh, how in the midst of actions one can consider everything to be Brahman and then act from that perspective. So that is um, Vedantic meditation, Nididhyasana, with a special emphasis on Samadhi, yogic Samadhi, which was uh, discussed in detail in this book. And the result of all of that is what we shall take up now. What is the result of all these exercises? In fact, what is the result of all of Vedanta? Phalam, phalam means the fruit or the result, which is enlightenment. And what good does enlightenment do us? Enlightenment is Brahma Jnana, the knowledge of Brahman or realization of Brahman. What good does it do us? It gives us moksha. What is the nature of this moksha or freedom? Freedom from suffering, attainment of fulfillment. In Sanskrit, 
atyantika dukkha nivritti paramananda praptischa the complete utter cessation or transcendence of sorrow and uh, attainment of ultimate bliss or fulfillment so that again uh, you can classify into two two types or two stages one is jivan mukti one is videha mukti jivan mukti is freedom by living right here now the moment you are enlightened after that begins your jivan mukti um, now let me correct that uh, moment you are enlightened you are enlightened but jivan mukti becomes effective when vedantik nididhyasan is complete the obstacles to the manifestation of that knowledge are removed you can live that knowledge uh, you are for all practical purposes a sage or a saint then you are a jivan mukta um, and when this body dies this body will keep on living for cert- certain amount of time propelled by its past karma when this body dies you will be you the enlightened person will be called by us the rest of us as videha mukta that is bodiless liberation from your perspective from the enlightened person's perspective um jivan mukti and videha mukti um, and li- liberated while living and liberated bodiless liberation that is liberation the final liberation after the death of the body these are uh, um these are nominal these are not really significant because from your perspective from the enlightened person's perspective you are brahman you always were and you are and you'll continue to be that the body is is an interesting fact to be noted that the body has died and dropped off is also an interesting fact that's it um all right so the result the most interesting result of course is jivan mukti because that's exactly what specifically what we are aiming at we would like to live a life of freedom while still yet alive in a body as a you know at least so language fails here at least from the perspective of others a person a liberated person from our own perspective brahman the absolute but from the perspective of the world a liberated person enlightened person so that's what specifically we are aiming at and so that's that's the discussion which is starting now the final discussion will be about jivan mukti and finally also last the conclusion will be the bodiless liberation and also jivan mukti is important for number of other reasons couple of reasons are this is something we get to experience here and now the bodiless liberation is after the death of this body and you can you are the infinite existence consciousness bliss what that is like is inconceivable by us but at least to some extent it's conceivable that you continue to exist in this body you, you can get an idea of what it will be like so that is what interests us this number one number two it is the jivan mukta who is the real teacher and exemplar of vedanta without a jivan mukta who would be teaching us it's the imper- i mean all other teachers would be lesser or imperfect it is the one who has realized this fully and living this knowledge fully who is the real teacher of vedanta uh, the real uh, demonstrator of the tradition of uh, advaita vedanta so that's why the jivan mukta is very important so we are on text number 216 अथ जीवन्मुक्त लक्षणमुच्यते नाउ आर बीइंग डिस्क्राइब्ड द कैरेक्टरिस्टिक्स ऑफ अ मैन हु इज लिबरेटेड इन दिस वेरी लाइफ मैन वुमन जीवन्मुक्त लक्षणम इन द भगवत गीता अर्जुन आस्क्स दिस वेरी क्वेश्चन टू कृष्ण इन द सेकंड चैप्टर ही सेज दैट दैट यू नो 
अबाउट द स्थित प्रज्ञा स्थित प्रज्ञा का भाषा समाधिस्थ केशव स्थित दी किम प्रभाषेत किसी व्रजेत किम सो हाउ डू डिफाइन और कैरेक्टराइज जीवन मुक्त द स्थित प्रज्ञा वन उज विजडम इज एस्टाब्लिश्ड notice how that that uh, term sthita pragya makes sense to us now after studying vedanta sara sthita pragya is a very beautiful term whose wisdom enlightenment is stabilized who is centered in the re- the knowledge that has already come about the realization that has come about which means from our perspective that person has completed the whole course of shravana manana nididhyasana to its fullness so centered in the truth effortlessly um being centered in the realization i am brahman but what is that person like what's it like to be enlightened what it's what is it like to be a jivan mukta or sthita pragya arjuna asked this question to krishna after receiving a condensed teaching of uh, vedanta from krishna in the second chapter of the bhagavad gita and what is this person like when this person is immersed in samadhi we, we saw the teachings of samadhi savikalpa samadhi nirvikalpa samadhi so in samadhi and then most interesting out of samadhi when that person does come down from samadhi and interact with the world what is that person like um kimasita how does this person sit kimrajeta how does this person move around kimprabhasheta how does this person speak and of course the commentators show that sitting moving around and speaking are not really what is meant there that's just this is simple way of putting it um sitting is how does this person withdraw um, from the activities of the world or connection with the world prajeta means how does this person interact with the world uh, prabhasheta speaks literally speaks literally it means speaks but what it means is how does this person react to the world good and bad things keep happening so how does this person react what arjuna wants to know is how is it so very different from me from what i am now when i become enlightened this great knowledge you are giving what is the huge difference it's going to make to me is a very practical man a warrior so he wants to know what's the big deal uh, of at the end of all of this philosophy what's the big difference it's going to make to me so that is the question what are the characteristics of an enlightened person and before we go into it now you will see very soon here in the gita also when you see krishna's answer these characteristics are basically uh, internal the enlightened person knows within oneself very difficult to make a measure outside you can see some ca- characteristics outside but um there's no guarantee that the person um is and liberated while living might just be a very advanced spiritual person or just a very good actor um, whatever it is we never know uh, it is ultimately an internal thing uh, spiritual life is internal and it is clear to the enlightened one of course other enlightened persons have a much better insight perspective into it it seems that they can look at each other and understand um, you know they recognize that there is a certain quality to an enlightened mind which the other other one can recognize not so much the rest of us but anyway it's an important question the question of the jivan mukta free while living because it's a result which is promised here and now not a heaven afterwards even the bodiless freedom that's also kind of postponed thing you know after the death of the body and it's beyond our conception really uh, existing as this infinite absolute what is it really like but as of now what can we expect from vedanta this is the discussion now text number 217 
जीवन मुक्तो नाम स्वस्वरूप अखंड ब्रह्म ज्ञान तदज्ञान बाधन द्वारा स्वस्वरूप अखंड ब्रह्मणी साक्षात् अज्ञान तत्कार्य संचित कर्म संशय विपर्जयादीना is one who by the knowledge of the absolute brahman his own self has dispelled the ignorance regarding it and has realized it and who owing to the destruction of ignorance and its effects such as accumulated past actions doubts errors etc is free from all bondage and is established in brahman jivan mukta nama the definition of jivan mukti is let's um, put it in one word the last word in this uh, long sentence the last word is brahmanishtha centered in brahman centered in the reality that's a good way of in one word indicating what is meant by jivan mukta jivan mukto nama brahmanishtha centered in brahman what is centered in brahman just like right now we are centered in the body mind personality i am this sarva priyananda this person this uh, male body uh, who at once was a child and then uh, is now a monk has the label sarva priyananda uh, within this there are thoughts feelings there are memories there are desires there are uh, ideas conceptions a personality whole personality and this is what i am i'm quite convinced so this is being centered i am also centered but centered in body mind not brahmanishta not centered in brahman if so centered in body mind ignorance but centered in brahman just like this just like uh, we refer to ourselves as being this body mind person when we can um, quite clearly most vividly just as this is vivid for me most vividly say i am brahman aham brahmasmi i may not say it but it may it will be vivid and clear to me that the witness consciousness in which appears this sarva priyananda body mind personality and the world experience by sarva priyananda that witness consciousness alone i am and the entire universe is an appearance superimposition in that consciousness when that is as vivid as the body mind personality right now is identification with the body mind person when that is as vivid not only that when that is as effortless i don't have to do any kind of shravana manana nidit dhyasana to become sarva priyananda to be established in uh, sarva priyananda no that is effortless to me that is natural to me unfortunately <laughs> the same way if it can become natural and effortless when it will become natural and effortless aham brahmasmi that is called brahmanishtha centered in brahman and that person from our perspective person from the that person's perspective is none other than brahman that one is jivan muktaha now there are several details so what is going to talk about here is so how does that happen swa swarupa akhanda brahma jnanena 
So first he gets Brahma Jnana. He become he gets the realization I am Brahman. What is that Brahman? Swaswarupa. My real nature. My real nature is not the body. My real nature is not this bundle of thoughts, perceptions, emotions, memories, uh, this personality. No. My real nature is the awareness in which all of these are appearing and are illumined. That awareness. Akhanda. Indivisible. So what is indivisible Akhanda? We have seen earlier um, the three kinds of Bheda, that means differences, are negated here. Swagata, um, Sajatya, Vijatya. Now when we chant the invocatory verse, um, Akhandam, Satchidanandam, that Akhandam. Khanda means uh, limited, division, separation, non-separate. So there is no difference. There is nothing other than this Brahman. What do you mean? Don't you see? Doesn't the enlightened person see this entire world? But the enlightened person knows this entire world is nothing other than me. Me means me, the consciousness, in the, the consciousness, the witness consciousness. But uh, there is no, also no, no uh, other uh, reality just like this. So three kinds of divisions. Divisions of some other, other type. Vijatiya Bheda. Something other than Brahman. I understand Brahman is pure consciousness, but there are also, there's also brick and mortar and there, are, there is water and earth and air and living and non-living beings. All of them are nothing but Brahman and have no existence apart from Brahman, are an appearance in Brahman, much like a movie uh, has, has no existence, no matter whatever you see in the movie. It's ultimately just light and pictures on a screen. Similarly, the external world, no matter how different it appears, how external it appears to consciousness is not actually in reality different from consciousness. So that's one. No, nothing else, no other type of reality is there. The only reality is consciousness. Then, all right, but there are many consciousnesses, right? Reality is consciousness, granted. It is called Sajatya Bheda. Similar entity, multiple uh, instances of the similar entity. No, there can be, if you understand what consciousness is, there can be no two consciousnesses. What would differentiate one pure consciousness from the other pure consciousness? There is no inter, there is no difference of the same kind also. No sajatiya bheda. All right, but you just said all of these things are appearing in consciousness. Body, mind, world, stars, planets, microbes, blue whales, and uh, you know, um, protons and neutrons. So there's a lot of variety in this consciousness, right? So internal differences are there. No, these differences are not there really in consciousness because they are appearances. Differences only in appearance. They are not really things contained, you know, like a consciousness is not like a pot in which, which you can put, uh, store a dozen different entities. No, uh, just as no matter what is, what is the form of the wave or the bubble or, you know, the piece of surf uh, in the ocean, it's all one water. Similarly, it's one homogeneous consciousness. So this is the meaning of Akhanda. Just one word, but it means such a tremendous thing. One pure, uh, divisionless awareness with tremendous variety in appearance. No problem. There's no problem there at all. In reality, one uh, divisionless appearance uh, and one divisionless consciousness. How do you get this knowledge? And then what happens? Tadagyana badhana dwara. Um, you get this by the, the negation or the destruction of the ignorance about it. 
it's already there this one undivided consciousness shining forth all the time effortlessly continuously available yet we are ignorant about it it's just like the sun is shining out there and i put um, you know my hands in front of my eyes so this little piece of uh, this little hand can shut out the huge sun blazing forth similarly in the mind um the the lack of awareness lack of understanding of what is what it is and what where it is the the underlying existence consciousness place that ignorance has to be overcome how was it overcome by vedanta sara hopefully <laughs> all these te- teachings of vedanta uh, by shravana manana nidhi dhyasana it has been overcome and uh, then what would be the, what would be the result of this overcoming of ignorance स्वस्वूप अखंड ब्रह्मणि साक्षात्कृते साक्षात्कार साक्षात्कार इज द अपरोक्ष अनुभूति द इमीडिएट रियलाइजेशन द डायरेक्ट रियलाइजेशन द इंटुइटिव रियलाइजेशन आई एम ब्रह्मन व्हाट इज द कनेक्शन बिटवीन ऑल दिस वेदांतिक स्टडीज एंड एफर्ट्स विद दैट इंटुइटिव रियलाइजेशन इट्स द सेम थिंग व्हाट वी गेट फ्रॉम ऑल ऑफ दिस इज डीपेंड इनटू दैट it just becomes you just get that aha moment oh so this is what it was they are not two different things it's not that this is all some kind of effort going on and something new will come this itself will become a living reality what you have studied here understood here will become a living reality that is called sakshatkar other names for this aparokshanubhuti the whole there's a book we studied the book aparokshanubhuti sakshatkar another name brahmagyana the knowledge of brahman brahmakara vritti which we studied earlier you know vritti vyapti phala vyapti all that we did those are technical names for it basically enlightenment uh, the flash of realization satori breakthrough um uh, then what will happen the result of this agyana tatkarya sanchita karma samshaya viparjayaadi naam api badhitatvat ignorance and all its effects all the products of ignorance will be negated badhita means negated a careful word badhita is not literally annihilated destroyed totally it's like realizing that it's a movie realizing that it's a dream what are the products of ignorance everything in this universe is a product of this uh, uh, ignorance remember the text which we studied वस्तु सचिदानंदमद्वयंब्रह्मिटी we have all individual accounts you know wells fargo bank uh, city bank bank of america we have got personal accounts there we full of our merits and demerits a little bit of that we get to spend in each lifetime each lifetime is basically generated by the um, the amount withdrawn from that accumulation that withdrawn amount is called prarabdha that's what we get to spend in this lifetime and that prarabdha literally means the begun the the part which has become active the part of karma which has become active uh, and it's good and bad so good and bad in we see the effects in our life as pain and pleasure 
happiness and misery, sukha dukkha, all our past karma. That determines our birth, the body, the parents, the socioeconomic surroundings, uh, the health, the lifetime. The ayu, uh, that means very importantly, uh, when, we are, when we are born and when we are going to die, major physical events like health issues and all, big ones. So those are all determined by our past karma. So everything is fixed and determined? No, it's more like the playing field is set out for us and then we get to play and we generate new karma which goes back into our accounts and is added there, good and bad. So that added, that uh, accumulated accounts in the cosmic bank, uh, that is called sanchita karma, accumulated karma. And that is what is propelling us, this individual sentient being, it is propelling us from lifetime to lifetime to lifetime. The insight of Advaita Vedanta is it's all of it is false. You need to realize it's a, it's a movie. You need to realize you are not the character in the movie being driven from lifetime to lifetime, from episode to episode of in TV, season to season of uh, TV serials. No, you are actually the, the screen, the reality behind the movie. Once you realize that, it is falsified. You are free of all the accumulated karma. You're free of the clutches of the script writer, the cosmic script writer. So uh, you're free of the Sanchita karma. Sanchita karma, accumulated karma is burnt up, destroyed by enlightenment. What else goes? Ignorance, of course, goes because Shavana, the practice of this teach, the listening and studying Vedanta gives us knowledge which destroys ignorance, samshaya, doubts. Yeah, it's possible. I understand what consciousness is, but also thoughts. I am my mind and I am the body. Doubt, this mixed up kind of little bit of understanding, little bit of doubt, little bit of hesitation. This is not enlightenment. This is not Vedantic knowledge. This is, the, this is called samshaya. Literally, this is doubt. Imperfect understanding. This is removed already. Mananam you have done. Viparjaya, contrary tendencies. Even after doubts have been removed, continuing to behave and react to the world as this person. That has been removed. How was that removed? Nididhyasanam, Vedantic meditation. Adi They are all been negated, falsified. And Akhila Bandharahito is completely free of all kinds of limitations and bondages. Free of bondages. Brahmanishtaha. Such a person is centered in Brahman. This is the person you are asking about. Who is a Jivan Mukta? Please tell me. This is a Jivan Mukta. This is a very, I would say, philosophical answer to the question. Krishna gives a much more practical answer to the question in the Bhagavad Gita. How that person behaves in day-to-day -day life. This is a very um, tech, you know, metaphysical answer to the question. Anyway, important. Then, what is the basis for these grand pronouncements? This is based on the Upanishads. A very significant verse of the Upanishads in the Mundaka Upanishad. What happens after enlightenment is described. So that is quoted here in text number 218. So Bhidyate Hridaya Granthi Chidyante Sarva Samshaya. A very glorious verse from the Mundaka Upanishad. What does it mean? Witness such Shruti passages as the knot of his heart is broken asunder, all his doubts are solved, 
These past actions are neutralized when he who is high and low, cause and effect, has been realized. From the Mundaka Upanishad, they have given the reference. Vidyate, cut. Hridayaganti, the knot of the heart. This sounds like something you might do in uh, you know, cardiac surgery. But what it means here is that which ties us to this body-mind. What ties us to this body-mind? Of course, ignorance. When you say um, ignorance is the cause of samsara, so we get knowledge and knowledge removes ignorance. That's what's going on here. But a more precise, when you're going to do heart surgery, you, you can't just say remove the blocks. Where? Where are the blocks? And what are the instruments to be used? Precisely. You must target it precisely. What's going on? What is the knot of the heart? Where is this knot? Which we are supposed to untie or cut. In fact, cut here. Vidyate Hridayagranti. So this discussion was done very precisely in the Drigdrishya Viveka. Drigdrishya Viveka. If you remember, a very beautiful description of uh, the Chidabhasa, the reflected consciousness, uh, which is shining in the ego. I and the Chidabhasa, this ego and the Chidabhasa. What is the connection of this reflected consciousness with the real I, pure consciousness, witness I? That's one question. What is the connection of this reflected awareness or consciousness with the mind or the ego itself? And what is the connection of this reflected consciousness or this awareness with the body? If you remember, these, these three questions were asked. Why was it put in this way? Why does it take hold of that reflected consciousness? Because that's the subtlest thing which we can understand right now. For all the talk of Brahman, infinite awareness, infinite consciousness, um, uh, absolute uh, bliss, all of that, fine. But right now, what we can actually, in our experience, if we trace it back, the subtlest part of our being, which we can um, grasp or grasp in the sense, get what we are talking about. In talk about the body, I get it, what you're talking about. Talking about the breath, I get what you're talking about. Talking about thoughts and emotions, I get what you're talking about because I feel it. Intellect, understanding, not understanding, that also understand what you mean. Beyond that, in the intellect, in the ego, um, shines awareness. I am aware. This awareness is not the ultimate reality. This is the reflected awareness. Chidabhasa. This is the subtlest thing which we can understand, the closest to pure consciousness which we can get in our present understanding. So the Advaita teacher takes hold of that. Hold, take hold of that. Center yourself, be aware of awareness. Now ask yourself these three questions. First of all, what is the connection between this awareness and the body? It says that this body then the awareness will be connected as long as prarabdha karma is there as long as what we just talked about, that portion of our karma which has generated this life, as long as it runs on, this body will be there and your awareness will be connected to this body only. But the moment this body dies, you will not die. I will not die. This consciousness, this reflected awareness will then transmigrate. Force, by the force of our past karmas, this body will float away, destroyed, buried, burned, whatever. And you go on to other worlds and then other bodies. And so this is the idea. So the reflected awareness will not be, will no longer be connected to the body. Will be connected to the body as long as the body is living. The moment the body dies, you go away from this body. You don't feel that it's my body anymore. Um, then what about 
the connection between more subtle question between the reflected consciousness and the mind specifically the ego now see pinpoint that awareness the sense of i right now when you say to yourself i here sitting here i breathe in and breathe out here i am thinking here i am speaking this i it is aware there is an awareness there what is the connection between that i and that awareness is the if you remember the rigdishya viveka the teacher said sahajam is natural it's like a mirror and the reflected face as long as it is a mirror your face will be reflected in the mirror it's like asking what's the connection between the reflected face and the mirror it's a natural connection if there is a mirror there'll be reflection so uh when the mirror is taken away or shut down like you know cover it up for example deep sleep then the mind is also not active there is no feeling of i and no feeling of reflected consciousness also that's why it feels like a blank totally uh that's as far as we go now what vedanta is telling us is the third and most important question what is the connection between that reflected consciousness the subtlest thing that you can grasp and what we are trying to show you teach you pure consciousness what is the connection if you know the connection then you can reach out and realize what what you truly are what's the connection where do i find that pure consciousness and the answer is stupidity alone is the connection agyana there is uh, no connection at all between that reflected awareness and the real you pure consciousness what is the connection between the, the reflected face in the mirror and your real face where is it connected nowhere nowhere at all <laughs> agyana the connection between reflected consciousness and the body how will it be broken only by death of the body connection between the reflected consciousness and the mind or the ego how will it be broken only when the ego stops working in deep sleep for example connection between the reflected consciousness and the real consciousness drik chaitanya sakshi how will you cut it uh, he says bodhat by awakening by enlightenment what is the nature of the enlightenment i am not that reflected consciousness i am the pure consciousness aham brahmasmi that step so this is called cutting the knot of the heart bhidyate hridaya granthi the only instrument which can perform this kind of surgery is knowledge is the scalpel of knowledge what knowledge was specific kind of knowledge brahmakara vitti that aham brahmasmi i am brahman that intuitive realization which is generated by all these efforts then chidyante sarva samshaya all doubts are resolved that awakening is so clear then all doubts fall away at that moment like a the rising of a thousand suns i'm speaking figuratively not that you'll be blinded by lots of light and then enlightenment has come eh? light enlightenment no uh, it's a uh, falling away of the veils um it's almost like you know it feels like till that moment we don't realize it but till that moment we later realize we were taking ourselves to be the veil the curtain and after that is accomplished we realize oh we were never that curtain we were the light behind that curtain always that's why i think opening the curtain is is so uh, it's so uh, difficult scary 
unsettling for us because we feel we are being torn apart we are not absolutely nothing is happening to you but you are the uh, illuminer of the something beyond the curtain so all doubts are resolved there is no more doubt after that your after that your clarity does not depend on books does not depend on how many verses you have memorized how many books you have read how many classes you have taken um no it doesn't depend anything nothing like that it's absolutely clear and in and uh, the clarity is in and of itself chiyante jasya karmani and all the karmas of this person are destroyed what karmas the accumulated karma actually there are two kinds accumulated and the ones being generated in this lifetime sanchita karma uh, then agami karma but both are destroyed it there will be no there's nothing left over to produce further births but the prarabdha karma will continue that karma which generated this body why will it continue it's like the many examples are given like um, the arrow which has been shot an archer is shooting arrows they have shot one arrow and it's already in flight and there's holding one arrow in the hand and one uh, there's other arrows in the quiver now suddenly the archer decides not to shoot anymore so what he can do is he throw away the arrow which is holding in the hand he can throw away the quiver full of arrows but he can't do anything about the arrow which is already in flight so prarabdha karma is like that that which has already produced this body it's already in flight it will continue until the body ceases another example is the potter's wheel um, you potter put, puts the wheel in motion and after he's done he gets up but the wheel takes maybe one and a half circles more before it falls to the ground so, something like that or the wheels which are going in a carriage and the axle is cut so there'll be no further motion but for a just a little further the wheels will rotate and then fall finally so ami vivekananda puts it this way after enlightenment in his beautiful poem the song of the sanyasin um he no more than how body lives or dies let karma float it down its task is done so let karma float it down what karma prarabdha karma how will all this be accomplished tasmin drishte paravare when the transcendent and the immanent is realized when you realize nirguna brahman and saguna brahman nirguna brahman absolute existence consciousness bliss what is that realization like aham brahmasmi and that same nirguna brahman is also saguna brahman the, the lord of of uh, the universe god realization of god will not, will not be i am god it will be uh, if there is a realization it will be a devotional or theistic realization you know in the form of like sri ramakrishna and the divine mother or meera and krishna and so on as swami bhuteshanji put it very beautifully um brahma darshan hoy na brahma gyan hoy so the absolute brahman is not a darshana not a vision it's a realization when you say brahma darshan what you mean brahma realization that i am brahman that knowledge that becomes vivid and clear but for saguna brahman god with forms the the um, what you call the god of religion narayana vishnu the divine mother or the avatars their mystical visions are very much possible so both are referred to here what is the essential um, thing necessary aham brahmasmi i am brahman that knowledge um 
let me go a little further and we'll stop. Now, a big question arises. So this all sounds so extraordinary. So this enlightened person, the Jivan Mukta, what will this person be like? So does that person experience the world the way we do? Does that person experience the body and the mind? You know, like life, the way we do experience life, does that person experience it? Or is it something entirely different? Something very extraordinary which you have no idea of? The answer is both yes and no. First of all, yes. Just as we experience the world and life, that person's uh, experience also will continue. But also no, because something far more profound and deep has been revealed. So that makes all the difference. So this question about what exactly is an enlightened person experiencing, see at what level they are discussing, and what exactly the enlightened person is experiencing, that's going to be discussed here. Uh, how does this enlightened person, the free while living, how does life continue after enlightenment? Um, and what kind, of, what kind of life is it? How different is it from us? How is it similar to ours? And so on. This is text number 219. Ayam-tu-vithana-samay-mam-sa-shonita-mutra-purishadi-bhajanena-sharirena-andhyam-andhyapatutvadi-bhajanena-indriya-gramena-asana-pipasa-shoka-mohadi-bhajanena-antaka
so vyuthana samaye vyuthana samaye in the times other than uh, samadhi so that we, we it is something so clearly demonstrated in the life of sri ramakrishna daily you would see going into samadhi where he is completely oblivious of the external world but at other times fully aware of the external world and uh, what does this person do body yes aware of the body and uses the body just like the rest of us so some special body divine body no it's the same body he says mangs a flesh and shown it the blood blood uh, urine stool all of that contained in this bag of flesh the same body then what about the sensory system the sensory system is also the same uh, if the person was blind to begin with the enlightened one will continue to be blind if he was uh, uh, deaf will continue to be hard of hearing all those things don't get cured by enlightenment so sri ramakrishna fell down and broke his arm so that fracture was not healed by his enlightenment the physical body with its good good sides the bad sides the changes the aging and the disease all of that will continue um the sensory system also with its own capacities and incapacities will continue not that the enlightened one has to be blind and deaf and dumb if the person were that would continue uh or patutva if the person was uh, had sharp vision you know often we say oh the swami had such extraordinary mind such an extraordinary memory at the age of 95 that's because the swami already had an extraordinary memory to begin with it's, he is blessed by uh, good genetics and good healthy living and years of meditation and calmness and serenity and therefore the memory is functioning very well uh, even after uh, enlightenment a person whose memory was not too good to begin with even after enlightenment but the memory also will be not too good to begin uh, not too good anyway one must not think this is a crucial thing one must not think that some extraordinary physical change will come over the enlightened person the thing is these are subtle matters this realization is so powerful that it does affect the mind and what affects the mind so positively will usually has some effect on the body it's just natural it happens to everybody mentally ill person will also have develop physical illness after some time a mentally very radiant and positive person will have good effects on the physical body so why will not enlightenment have good effects on the physical body it it does swami brahmananda used to say to the young monks give your mind and body to the lord both will be fine will be taken care of give your mind and body to the world the world will destroy them so yes there are some positive effects but you should not confuse those positive effects with enlightenment we often do um, in a spirituality obsessed culture like in india we all have many kinds of uh, strange ideas about enlightenment um, for example the face will shine a peculiar glow will come through the skin if you have glowing skin then you are enlightened so one sadhu in uttarakhand said doesn't translate too well and so it's slightly politically incorrect also these days uh, somebody said uh, you know that when you're enlightened you'll be glowing skin um, the sadhu said to this man tum kya chamar ho uh, are you someone in the skin trade you know and it was considered to be low in the traditional caste structure so it was considered to be an insult why why did you say that why are you you are why have you brought down brahma gyana the knowledge of brahman knowledge of the absolute down to the level of the skin <laughs> what does it have to do with the skin 
So whatever the skin is, whatever the state of health is, whatever the state. So even the mind, it says uh, hunger and thirst, which is at the level of the prana, pranamaya kosha, or moha, shoka moha, even delusion and misery, uh, they may come to the mind. Not the, the enlightened one will not be affected by that. So there's pain, there's a cut, or there's a boil, or there is a, you know, disease like cancer. Will the enlightened one feel the pain of that? Yes, that person will. Then what good is enlightenment? Enlightenment, when will, if it will not take care of the pain, it will take care of the pain also. How, how are both possible? That's crazy. You're saying he'll feel the pain and not feel the pain. Yes, he will feel the pain and not feel the pain also. He said, you will see and not see also. And these again, Sri Ramakrishna's examples and so many examples, not just in our tradition, in every spiritual tradition in the world. Those ones you consider to be enlightened have this paradoxical, paradoxical only to our point of view, paradoxical nature. They seem to be affected by the disease. They seem to be affected by old age. And yet, uh, they don't, uh, they seem to transcend all these problems. Sri Ramakrishna dying of cancer, uh, Hari Maharaj asks him, later became Turiyananda, Hari, how are you today? He says, it hurts, I can't eat, pointing to the tumor in his throat. And then the young man said, but sir, I see that you're in great bliss. And at that point, this is a statement that would have been false and even cruel for a usual uh, cancer patient. But Sri Ramakrishna laughs and he says, oh, I see, the rascal has found me out. Uh, that means he has seen through me. So, and this we see in so many cases. Uh, Swami Turiyanandaji says, in old age, the same Swami Turiyananda, in old age, he had so many ailments. And uh, when somebody asked him about his physical sufferings, he'd say, uh, but Sri Ramakrishna, by the grace of Sri Ramakrishna, the interior is as cool as a mass of ice. How is it as cool as a mass of ice? There's, there's no suffering there at all. Internally, at one level, is it true that you are not suffering? Yes. Equally true that you are suffering and not suffering? No, not equally true. Only surface level to deal with us. Is it true that there is a pain? Yes. Do you feel the pain? Yes. And at, at a deeper level, it's perfectly fine? Yes. Pashya napina pashya. He sees but does not see. This is true of everything. Does not see means knows that all of these are the level of vyavaharika, transactional level. And the paramarthika, the absolute level, which is clear to the enlightened person, at that level, no problem is there. At the level of existence, consciousness, bliss, which he is, that's the primary identification. So in the primary identification, there is no problem at all. At the level of appearance, the, tragic, the tragedy of the movie, you know, the, when the movie is playing, the tragedy continues to be a tragedy. A comedy continues to make you laugh. But both are movies. It's an important fact that they are movies. I mentioned this earlier also. These contradictory statements about the enlightened ones can give rise to serious philosophical problems for pundits and scholars. I told you about in the class, Professor Garfield at Harvard, we're discussing texts about the Buddha. Some texts are saying the Buddha is omniscient, knows everything in all the worlds. And the other text says that Buddha does not know anything at all in all the worlds. So does not know anything at all, true, because Whatever knowledge we gain through the senses, through our intellect, from a Buddhist perspective, this is all false. You don't know. This, this, this is wrong knowledge. This is ignorant, in the realm of ignorance. 
Buddha obviously is enlightened. So Buddha is free of the realm of ignorance. If Buddha is free of the realm of ignorance, if seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, thinking, remembering, understanding, all of these are realm of ignorance, then the Buddha does not see, hear, smell, taste, touch, does not remember anything, uh, does not think. So Professor Garfield called it brainstem Buddha. <laughs> Buddha is reduced to a brainstem, a complete deep coma. All faculties are lost. Is it like that? It's not a very attractive picture of enlightenment. If you will, uh, the one more enlightened person put in, uh, in, uh, you know, in Mount Sinai or somewhere in, in, in coma, what happened to him? Oh, he got enlightened. No, that's not very attractive at all. What it means is the Buddha sees everything that we are seeing and perhaps sees much more. All the visions, the yogic powers are also available to him. And yet knows that this is the realm of illusion and appearance and knows the reality behind it all. So he says, gives a very beautiful example here. Yate indrajalam iti jnanavanta indrajalam pasyanapi paramartham idam na pasyati. Just like a magic show. The enlightened one watches the magic show, just like a child might watch it. But the child thinks it's real. The rabbit pulled out of the hat, that really there was, you know, it's, there was nothing in the hat and now really a rabbit has materialized out of thin air. It thinks that's really happened. No. The enlightened one, just like an adult watching a you know, magic show, you enjoy it thoroughly. You even wonder, how did that happen? That's amazing. But you also know it didn't happen. <laughs> there is an explanation for it. There's a trick behind it. Similarly, and Sri Ramakrishna used to say, the magician is real. The magic is not real. The enlightened one watches life like a magic show. As long as the body lasts, the enlightened one sees, hears, smells, tastes, touches, eats, moves about, talks with people, uh, is affectionate, does, scolds people. You can even get annoyed and upset and, of course, will not be ultimately affected by those things. And yet sees the whole thing as a magic show, which we cannot. For us, it's very real and very serious and very huge problem for us. I remember Swami Bhuteshanandaji, uh, the monastery where I had joined in Deoghar, the Swami, then his last visit there, and that's the time I had joined. I had just joined at that time. This was 1994. And that was the last visit of Swami Bhuteshanji to that ashram. So the children, it's a school. The children put up a, a cultural program, you know, like a theatrical performance, songs, and things like that. And uh, so Swami Bhuteshanji was the president of the order. He was sitting there. At that time, I think he must have been 92 three years or 94 years old, 95 years old. And the head of that ashram, Swami Suhitanandaji, who is now the vice president of the order, leaned in forward and asked in his ear, Swami, how are you seeing all of this? It's just an innocuous question. So how do you see all this? How, how, how do you appreciate all How do you like all this? Meaning the show put up the children, by the children and all. Swami replied, Indrajalavat, exactly the same language used here, like a magic show. And he meant much more than the show being put up by the children. He meant the entire show being put up by the world itself, the universe itself. Indrajalavat, like, like a magic show. All right, let me quickly look at the comments. Rick says, 
I would hesitate to call someone enlightened who has merely understood Vedanta. Such people are relatively common and still prone to all sorts of mischief. Shouldn't we reserve the term for those who it is a living reality? Absolutely. That's why Jivan Mukti is not possible. Jivan Mukti literally means you are able to live that uh, uh, knowledge. Not react to the world as a body-mind, but uh, live that knowledge. You know you are existence, consciousness, bliss, and you live life like that. You would fulfill the, the criterion set out by Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita. That is Jivan Mukti. And uh, it's best to res reserve the term enlightened for that. It's, it's um, good to be conservative about using the term enlightened. There is no harm if the enlightened person still considers uh, himself or herself to be on the way. Uh, there's no harm done at all. But the opposite, person who is on the way, considering himself or herself to be enlightened, uh, can do a lot of harm to others and to oneself also. Shravani says, in the gospel, Sri Ramakrishna says, after Samadhi, ordinary Jeeva was alive for 21 days, which Samadhi is referred to here. If you were there for yesterday's uh, class, I think um, in, the, in the Gospel of Sri Ramakrishna's class, Gospel of Sri Ramakrishna class, we talked about the seven levels, the Yoga Bhumi, and the last three levels, fifth, sixth, and seventh levels of Samadhi, the Brahma Vidvara, Brahma Vidvarishta, Brahma Vidvarian, Brahma Vidvarishta, the different depths of Samadhi. The final level, the seventh level, Turiyaga, at that level, if somebody lives in Samadhi there, one cannot be brought back. And it is said that the body lives for 21 days. Otherwise, one can come back. And that must be so, because so many people attain Samadhi and they have come back and there. And we are very glad they did, because then they can teach us. Nidhari says, isn't a Jeevan Mukta essentially an experience for samsaris? For the self, there is no person or individual identity as such. All right, what you mean is, isn't Jeevan Mukti an experience not for samsaris, experience for jivas, for the individual sentient being. The individual sentient being who thought himself or herself to be a samsari earlier, now realizes, I am Brahman. As long as the body continues, that being is called Jeevan Mukta. Girish says, what is the difference between a Jeevan Mukta and an avatar? Huge difference. We can aspire to be Jivan Muktas because we can aspire to realize who we are and we should and become enlightened and be free of suffering and attain fulfillment. But avatara is a special descent. Literally, avatar means a descent. Um, so a, de a descent of what? Uh, of, of Saguna Brahman uh, as an avatara. Avatara is always an avatar of Ishvara, of God, an incarnation of God, a descent of God into our uh, mortal plane. That's very different from a Jivan Mukta. And these differences become clear. That's why Vedanta Sar is so useful. What is the difference between uh, Saguna Brahman and a Jiva? The difference is Saguna Brahman is the same consciousness, but with the Upadhi or the association of Maya. And the Jiva is the same consciousness, but limited by an individual ignorance. So when this Jiva becomes free, this Jiva is called Jivan Mukta. When God Saguna Brahman, who is always free, for helping us, uh, comes to, to us in the form, in some form, that is called an avatar. An avatar is always free. An avatar is non-different from God. 
so there's a huge difference avatar comes with a mission uh, we we are not here with a mission our only mission if you can put it that way is to become enlightened and free ourselves of suffering attain the purpose of life avatar helps comes us comes to help us to do that so and they bring a lot of spiritual power into the world our basically all our religions basically are avatar powered then rita says would it be correct to assume that since our language and thoughts are the nature of khanda there's a difference then conceptualization of our true nature which is akhanda is not accessible with the use of vaikhari and madhyama levels of speech so by extension is nididhyasana process of reading pashyanti origin of akhanda spoken i see um you are trying to relate this to the levels of speech vaikhari vaikhari madhyama uh, then pashyant pashyanti and para vaikhari is physical speech madhyama is at the level of the mind uh, pashyanti is at the level of the unconscious or you can say uh, the causal body and beyond that is para the transcendent i suppose you could do this yes you could do that yes you can map it in this way if you want kalpana says what does lacking in motivation to do nididhyasanam indicate it it indicates a lack of mumukshutvam intense desire for freedom i remember one swami told me this story a long time ago he had done intense meditation for a long period and he had some mystical experiences also but that was it nothing further so he went to the president who at that time was swami bhuteshanand ji 12th president of our order and asked him told him about his experiences and asked him and his answers were always short and simple and to the point and he asked him what is what is the matter why can't i progress further and swami bhuteshanand ji replied um you don't want to in bengali he said bujhte hobe ichha nahi you must understand then there isn't enough desire for 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 progress which is a kind of a harsh thing sort of you know <laughs> but it's a fact it's a truth to be understood and then one what must what must one do stick with it with intensity of desire will come in time stick with it stay with that path shravani nadvaita is nirvikalpa samadhi when brahmakara vritti reveals uh, you may put it that way but don't mix up the two brahmakara vritti can is the result of uh, enquiry shravana manana nididhyasana and nirvikalpa samadhi is a yogic term uh, which comes by chitta vritti nirodha now when you say chitta vritti nirodha nirvikalpa samadhi is when the vrittis of the mind cease and notice what you have asked brahmakara vritti so brahmakara vritti is a vritti vritti means a movement of the mind you remember the kind of analysis we went through uh, vritti vyapti phala vyapti what is brahmakara vritti it is composed of uh, two things there is vritti vyapti and phala vyapti is not necessary for brahmakara vritti all those things we discussed so brahmakara vritti actually requires activity of the mind nirvikalpa samadhi demands cessation of activity of the mind so there is a big difference there but one thing i can say by brahmakara vritti brahmakara vritti reveals the nirvikalpa not nirvikalpa samadhi nirvikalpa is brahman itself that which has 
uh, no modes, that which has no attributes, that which is always the same. That nirvikalpa reality is revealed by Brahmakaravritti. Gita Dev says, unless a person becomes a Jeevan Mukta, will a person continue to be born? Yes. Even after attaining enlightenment, that is not attained Vidya Mukti. Basically, enlightenment is not the end of birth and death for a Jeevatma. So there is a slight difference here. The question is being asked is that, suppose one realizes that I am Brahman, but does not become a full-blown full Jeevan Mukta in this lifetime. Will that person be reborn? Technically, no. The um, Jeevan Mukti Viveka takes up this discussion and says, if you have got Tattva Jnana, the knowledge of the reality that I am Brahman, and this is absolutely clear and there is no shakiness there, and yet the work, the hard work of spiritual practice at the clearing up at the level of the mind has not been done yet, you may not be able to express that enlightenment to its fullest extent in your day-to-day -day life. So sufferings may still tend to overcome you, to some extent at least. But at the point of death, you will be released. You will not enjoy the real benefit of Advaita Vedanta, which is uh, Jivan Mukti, the full-fledged enlightenment, the full-fledged liberated while living. See, the Holy Mother, Ma Sharada, put it so simply. She gave initiation to somebody, Mantra Diksha, and said, you have to repeat the mantra so many times. This man uh, said to the Holy Mother, to Ma Sharada, suppose I don't do it, or suppose I fail to do it. What will, what will happen? What will happen to me? Her answer gives an answer to these questions. She said, my child, you have taken initiation from me. So at the point of death, you will be liberated. There is, uh, there is no doubt. Don't, do not be in any hesitation, any doubt about that. But if you want joy, you have to practice. If you want joy in this life, Ananda Chaujadi, you want joy in this life. She put all the philosophy into a very simple expression. If you want the benefits to flow, and that's what we are looking for after all. What did we start off with? Overcoming suffering and attainment of fulfillment. Right here and right now. I mean, in this lifetime itself, not after death. Why should we compromise on that? Let's, let's keep trying for that. Alpana says, will Jeevan Mukta necessarily know the second step Advaita that everything is permanent? Yes, it's Jeevan Mukta. In Advaita Vedanta, you are not uh, enlightened unless you know both. Everything is Brahman and world can... Oh, I see. The question is, uh, everything is Brahman or can the world just be taken as appearance? Do you see that it's the same thing? Um, if you say it is the rope and the snake, that if to know that it is the rope, you have to know that the snake is an appearance. The snake and the rope are not two different things. You realize that it is a snake is an appearance, but you don't know the rope. That's not possible. You have to realize it is not a snake. It is a rope. That is the nature of realization. When you're saying it is Brahman, everything is Brahman really, and that everything is an appearance. Um, on, if you, the stress is on Brahman, then everything is Brahman. If your stress is on the everything, then you have to say it is an appearance. Jagat Mithya and Sarvam Kalvidam Brahma is exactly the same thing. Huh? Yeah. So, Rita says, Pashyanapina Pashyati sounds similar to Mark 4 1 2. They may be ever seeing but never perceiving, and ever hearing but never understanding. 
latter part of this verse says, otherwise they might turn and be forgiven, which is the exact opposite of the message of Vedanta Sar. Yes, that's the opposite of Vedanta Sar. There, it means uh, something that, that uh, refers to something at a much lower level, that spiritual teachings may continuously be given. So many people hear it, but they don't really hear. And they are seeing the life of Jesus Christ before them. They don't see, even when they're with eyes open. Even at this Dakshineshwar temple, so many people saw Sri Ramakrishna. Many people took him to an ordinary priest. Some thought he was mad. Some thought he was a great saint. And only a few realized he was an avatar. So seeing, but not really seeing. That is, that is the tragedy of most people. Here, what is being described is the opposite. Uh, that person sees everything in the world, but really does not see everything as everything, knows that everything is Brahman in that sense. In that sense, uh, sees but does not see. Uh, here the question would be that if the enlightened one, Jivan Mukta, is seeing like everybody else, hearing like everybody else, tastes uh, hot and uh, sour and uh, in a sweet, just like everybody else, What's the difference between me and the enlightened person? The difference is the same in, uh, in sensory experiences, mental experiences, physical experiences, the enlightened man can also testify to at the same time that these are all appearances and there's a deeper reality which we can't access at this time. And that is the speciality of the enlightened one. That constitutes enlightenment. Srinivas says, Tashmin Drishte Paravare. When you realize the high and the low, the uh, immanent and the transcendent. Brahman is transcendent, just like the rope transcends the snake, but immanent. As far as the snake is concerned, every bit of it is actually nothing about the rope. Similarly, Brahman transcends this entire world experience. From the perspective of Brahman, from the perspective of a real nature, all this is really as, as nothing to you. You're completely free of it. It's perfectly all right. But also, at the same time, every bit of it is Brahman. Just like every bit of the movie is nothing but the screen. Every bit of it here is Brahman. One sadhu put it nicely. When you turn inwards, close your eyes in meditation, this is from Katha Upanishad. There is no difference here whatsoever. One undifferentiated pure consciousness. Completely forget the world. No, no problem at all. Forget the world, forget your personal circumstances, problems, prospects, everything. Even the body, even your little personality, you can let it go completely without the slightest hesitation and stay with that, that radiant stillness. And that's always the reality. When you open your eyes and engage with the world, Sarvam Kalvidam Brahma, all this, every bit is pervaded by the divine. Anandi asks a question, can such a Jivan Mukta go from Paramarthik to Vivaharik and back at will? At whose will? Will means, can you go from the wood to the table at, at, uh, at will? Yes, because it's the same thing. You can see it from the perspective of name and form and use, Nama Rupa Vavahara. And you can see it at the, from the perspective of the reality, Paramarthika. Uh -huh. uh, so, all the time. You don't have to exercise any will there. It's just a change of perspective. From the perspective of the real, Satchidananda, existence, consciousness, place, where? When you with eyes open, when you experience the world, it's the same thing. You know it with, with the eye of knowledge. When the eyes closed also, that your own presence is nothing other than Satchidananda, you know that. So that is Paramarthika Drishti. 
and when you deal with the rest of the world when you deal with husband wife children um, uh, you know community when you deal with um, a house and property and uh, physical health and all of that you can deal as uh, just like everybody else you are aware of the name form and function nama roopa vyavahara and that change of perspective is as easy as seeing the wave as wave seeing the wave as uh, water seeing the ornament as gold or seeing it as a necklace or a bracelet or a, or a you know a ring it is effortless you are just seeing both sides of it all right so this is it and then we'll have one more class next time and conclude om shanti 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 hari om tat sat shri ram krishna rupa namaste